Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Molly News Podcast. My name is George Freed, and I am your host, as always, for this episode. This week, we are joined by special guest Luke Mountainy, who will join us later on to discuss the upcoming Chelsea game. But in the meantime, I am joined by the usual lineup of James Wynn. Hello. Harry Whittingham. Hello. And Jake Tomkinson. Hello. Lads, we've had a slightly better week than last week. I mean, it wouldn't, it would, it's not hard to have a better week than last week. Uh, and we've only just about did it, uh, beating Chorley 1 0 uh, in the FA Cup fourth round. It was a very bad game. We got outplayed by a non league side who won't have another football match for the rest of the season, probably. Uh, so the less said about it, the better. Um, obviously, we'll have a chat about that game. As I said, speak about the upcoming Chelsea game. We've also had a sign-in come through the door, which we didn't have a clue about uh, when we recorded our last podcast. Uh, and then also look ahead to the Palace game at the weekend. Right then, Chorley, Friday night in the FA Cup. Win, as always, fairly vocal about this one. And it was... Another game, despite the fact we won, and it was a, a very good goal by Vitinha. It was another game that that caused you to call for Nuno to be sacked. Do you agree with this? Yeah, without a shadow of a doubt. Let's get a couple of things straight. We won the game. That's all that matters at the end of the day. And I suppose that's all you can say, really, isn't it? Um, I mean, apart from that, it was probably... When you factor in the team that we were playing and the team that we that we had out on the pitch as well, I think it was in the top three, if not the worst Wolves performances I've ever seen because we were outplayed comprehensively by uh, a team of teachers, electricians, plumbers, etc. And uh, we did absolutely nothing to cause them problems. I mean, uh, I think... A goalkeeper above uh, National League North probably saves Virginia's effort, to be honest. I mean, it, it looks good, but it probably should have been saved. And apart from that, we didn't have another shot on target, which, I mean, basically says it all. And, I mean, that game basically sums up why I don't think Nuno has a future here anymore because we, that there's no way that game should play out as it did against the team that we were playing. And... Um, it was just a disaster from start to finish, minus the result. It was a shambles. Jake, that's what Wynn said. A win. Uh, we're through to the next round. And I think people will soon forget about that. Will you think people will soon forget about the, the performance if you know we go through and beat Southampton as well? Or do you reckon it's something that's going to hang over him for a while? Um, I think it'll be forgotten about if the team does well in the FA Cup but I mean you just got to look at the uh, the difference between us and Southampton this year um, to know that that result will loom large heading into the game because if you think if you can only put one past Chorley and only have one shot on target against a side that are succeeding very well near the top end of the Premier League then you're going to be in for a, a spot of bother but I think if it's one of them that if you beat Southampton then the game is pro- well I wouldn't say forgotten about because it's not it, it's a, it was a very very poor performance but it'll be put to the back of people's minds a bit more because, you know, you've you've done the job and got through to, well, if we beat Southampton in the quarterfinals. Yeah, spot on. Harry, um, there's, there's some similarities between uh, this season's, I say, FA Cup run. We've won two games um, and our run to the semi-final in 2019. Obviously, we, we struggled against, I think there was League One, Shrewsbury at the time, uh, managed by former Wolves, Wolves player Sam Rickett. Um, we only just scraped through that. Obviously, we, we were able to, to drag it back to a draw and take Shrewsbury to a replay. It's not really a trait that... Sh- it didn't shock me on Friday, is all I'm going to say, that we struggled against the lower league side at a stadium that uh, and a, a plain surface that's kind of not suited to the players. 
did it particularly shock you much? And, you know, would you draw those similarities from, from that, that Shrewsbury game where we struggled? I wouldn't say I was shocked, but I expected a lot better than that. Um, like you hear a lot about the pitch and that, but at the end of the day, there's six divisions separating these teams and it shouldn't really matter what you're playing on. I don't, I don't, I don't think it's that similar to Shrewsbury because I think Shrewsbury was just too... Well, basically every single goal they scored against us was just a mistake. And in reality, on another day, we'd have won that first game 2-0 and we won the replay 3-0. Like, they, they were... I mean, I know it was a last-minute equaliser, but the replay was actually quite comfortable, which sounds weird, considering we were losing. But this was... Um, I think this was a completely different performance. Um, I'm not overly concerned by it because, well, I'm not, I'm, I'm not particularly positive about it, but I'm no more concerned than I was a week ago. I, I just think it was one of them. And at the end of the day, as everyone has said, we did the main thing and I think we'll never, ever have to speak about this game ever again, which is probably the best outcome we could have asked for, to be honest. Yeah, spot on. And <clears throat> I think all credit to Chorley because they made it very, very difficult for us. Um had Vitinha not had that shot, they probably um, would have taken the game to us more um, and probably put us under more pressure. They obviously had a shot on target within the first minute of the game and, and set the tempo. And there were probably large periods where they looked the most likely to score. Um, so full credit to them. And obviously they're now without a, a league game while the, the future of their league is um, uncertain at the moment. When one thing the game did see was a return to a back five uh, with Kiana Herver coming in at right wing back and Kilman coming in for Sice uh, and then Ait Nuri at left wing back. Would that be the the starting back five for you next week, or you know, us, us, uh, you know, assuming Sice is brought back in, would you go with that back five against Chelsea and Crystal Palace and go back to those foundations? Yeah, I think we have to, but I will say I don't think it really worked in this game because not not that I don't I think I don't really think a four would have done either, but we are so intrinsically linked to score and then just defend and have been ever since that day that we don't speak of that I don't I don't think having one more or one less defender is going to change that. Um, you know, we sh- after scoring a against a six-tier part-time team after 11 minutes, you'd expect. I'd probably say the other 19 Premier League clubs would score another two or three or four, and we just didn't. Um, but I think I would, I probably would um, play a three against Chelsea, definitely, and then see how that goes for the Palace game. Yeah, spot on. No, I agree. I think we've, we've got to go back to some defensive solidity especially after the the West Brom game where we conceded uh, some very poor goals and obviously gave away some cheap free kick some cheap penalties obviously through to face Southampton on Wednesday the 10th of Feb uh, it's a midweek um, game week for the FA Cup um, and uh, as we've said last week you know one of the things now that can save this season or give us something to to, to remember is a cup run and I'd probably say that you know given the players that are coming in you know, back from injury now. Johnny looks like he could be back in a, in a month or so, maybe um, potentially a bit longer, depending on how, how his uh, his comeback goes. I think you know maybe the squad could be set up to do a bit of a cup run while other teams have, have been knocked out and have got other commitments. So that that's an interesting um, proposition for us, um, lads. Have any of you got anything else to add about the Chorley game, or are we all going to agree to forget it and never talk about it ever again? Good. Right. Um, moving on then, the day after um, the Chorley game, we heard the news that Wolves were going to sign Brazilian striker William Jose on loan from Real Sociedad. It's initially a loan deal. Uh, it's been confirmed now by the club. Uh, it's a loan deal for the rest of the season and uh, has gotten an option to include uh, an include an option to buy in the summer for around £20 million. Uh, Jose scored 10-plus goals in every single one of his four full seasons for Sociedad. So it shows that he's a proven regular goal scorer for for a a very decent side um, in a European top-five league. Um, Yep, the 29-year-old played for Real Madrid's B team uh, at the start of his career. Um, 
and including also playing for other teams across Spain before joining Sociedad. Now, one thing I was going to talk about here was the fact that he's probably going to be the Catrone replacement for the rest of the season, with Catrone expected to go out on loan. Um, but we're recording this as Nuno's conducting his pre-Chelsea press conference. And what Nuno's just said on Patrick Catrone said that we are not looking at Patrick going out on loan. Uh, he has his moments and his chance. Now he's working. He's part of the group. So unless that changes in the next few days before the January window shuts, it looks like we're going to have uh, three uh, centre forwards in the squad for the rest of the season. Harry, you, you, looking very confused there um, at, at the thought of Katrina staying. No, it, it just is a bit weird though, isn't it? Like, I, I just... I'm not really going to say anything productive. I just think the whole situation is just odd. And like, it would have been a bit less odd if one of them had have gone. But clearly, we don't like to think, do things the normal way. Yeah. The, the only thing I, I think I, I did propose this to you last week. I said, would you keep Catrone just for six months until the end of the season? Because the likelihood is he's probably not got a long-term future at the club. And with William Jose coming in... Uh, and Fabio Silva expected to be the two main strikers. You'd expect maybe Catrone to go, but maybe just as someone else in the squad for the rest of the season to to strengthen the bench because it's very clear, Jake, isn't it, that our bench is is very weak outside of you know the first team. We've maybe got thirteen or fourteen players. Are you happy that Catrone staying around for those reasons? I think thinking of it, it's going to be a case of if Fabio. Um... William Jose pick up an injury, then you're down to the one striker again if you loan him out. So you're probably better off keeping him. And you do look at our bench every week, and it's there's about three or four players, you know, under under 19s, under 18s players on that bench. So you may as well keep him around if he's. I mean, he's not been great, obviously, but he's more or should do than some of the youngsters on the bench. So you may as well keep him for now. Yeah, I'd say that's a very good point. And I wouldn't be that against it, even if it was just for the rest of the season and then reevaluate the options in the summer. When talking about our new Brazilian centre forward then, who's going to take the league by storm, you did an article for him when he was announced. Do you want to tell the listeners about him and what to expect from uh, well, um, Jose? I only, I only watch YouTube highlights, so I can't, I can't claim to be an expert. But I mean, I know... You could make four of us look good on YouTube, but um, he did look quite good. Um, uh, he, he looks like he holds the ball up well. He looks like he can do a Jimenez kind of defensive job tracking back. He looked he, he, like quite a tall, not a very pacey man. He looks like he can beat a few people, um, which should be good. He can finish from pretty much anywhere. And I think when you look at the strikers we have available now, um, compared to him, I think he should start every game, to be honest, when he's fit. Streets ahead of both of them. Yeah, that's that's the main thing. And I'd probably say that was the, the main criteria for our striker search. Again, I'm not pretending to be part of Wolves' recruitment team, but that's what I would have looked for. Obviously, Catrone and Silva in the start of their career don't show that. I'd probably say it's more of like a striker's craft. Like you see Raul has it. Like, you know, senior strikers, you see it in the likes of Vardy and, and Giroud, um, kind of when they've played so long in that position. And that's something that William Jose can bring. Um, again, bringing you live updates from Nuno's press conference here. He said about, obviously, the um, the incoming Jose, and he said that, obviously, with the options of Silva, Catrone and, and Jose, ah, rhymes, um, there's a likely chance of kind of being able to incorporate a, a two up front again, which is obviously something we've not seen really since Raul and Diogo were up front. With both of them not in the picture at the minute, um, with Raul's injury and Diogo's departure in the summer, maybe Nuno's going to go back to the solid 5-3-2 and just be really boring and defensive for the rest of the year and you know maybe hope to spring counter-attacks with Jose and, and Silva. Harry's praying um, that that happens. And I, to be honest, I think most of us would take that just for the rest of the season, just grind out some results. Um, and it, it you know, it might well be our, our best chance of, of getting points now towards the end of the season. Um, how are you excited about William Jose coming in? So, to be honest, I think it's a good, like, a real solid signing. Um, 
sort of following on one for what you were saying, George, 29, like, I think for a striker is a real good age. Like, I think if you want a bit of experience, we've got a striker. I think he's got, he'll, he'll obviously just give a bit more of that experience in the front line. And he does, he look, I mean, from what I've seen, again, I've only seen as much as Winnie on YouTube, but uh, as Win says, he, he seems to be able to score all sorts of goals. And I think we don't, we don't, without Raul, really have a poacher in the box. I think we don't have a bloke who's going to tap it in from three yards, you know what I mean? Um, and I think he'll probably give Neto and Adama a bit more uh, on top of their crosses and that, and I think. I think it's a really good signing, to be honest, till the end of the season. And I think if, fingers crossed, Raul comes back and he's at the same level as before, he just seems like a fail-safe uh, second-choice striker, doesn't he? Yeah. What also I like is the fact it's like it's a return to the signings we made at the start of Fosun with the likes of Jota, Bali, Costa. We'd get a player in on loan for a season or six months with an option to buy and then take it if they were good. That just kind of like from a financial sense of things, obviously for Fosun, it's like a try before you buy. I don't think there's a loan fee involved either. So we've literally not had to pay anything for six months. And then if we decide not to get him in the summer, then, you know, it, it can finish. And I'd probably say it's, uh, you know, as Harry said, a, a fantastic deal. Um, Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen. Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups. It's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Right then, moving on to our next game, which is on Wednesday evening. It's a six o'clock kickoff. We are playing Chelsea. And to mark the occasion, we are joined by Chelsea fan and Molyneux regular, Luke Mountaney. Luke, hello. Hello. It's a pleasure to be back. I do believe, Luke, this isn't this your hat-trick appearance now? I think it is, yes. Uh, unfortunately, we haven't got a match ball or anything to give you apart from, you know, our gratification. Well, it's not good enough. <laughs> not good enough. <laughs> he's off. Yeah, he's oh, left. Are we checking the post daily for a signed <laughs> match ball? Yeah. Um, but no, Matt, thank you very much for coming on. You've been on a few times before and obviously the Christmas special as well. The less said about that, the better. Um, I think the more said about that, the better. Um, <laughs> obviously, Chelsea fan. And it's probably um, a very apt time to be playing you uh, after you've just sacked your manager, Frank Lampard, club legend, top scorer, Frank Lampard, after 18 months in the role. Um, firstly, was it a shock to you? And secondly, what are your opinions on the matter and the decision they're taking to replace him with Thomas Tuchel? Um, I wasn't particularly shocked because I feel like it's been on the cards for a few, few weeks now. I think, especially since like the Man City game, we were really, really poor in that. And uh, obviously then the Leicester game, that felt a bit like a, a final nail. And watching Lampard on the touchlines, he looked like a bit of a dead man walking at that point. Like He, he sort of felt like he must have known it was coming. Um, but obviously we then beat Luton and played well in that game. So... For when it did happen, it was a surprising time for it to come because, um, obviously, I wasn't really expecting it on the day after a win, especially with the Wolves game so close to that game. It's a a strange one, I think, timing-wise, because, as you mentioned, obviously, Tuchel's coming in, but he won't be here, I don't believe, quick enough to manage that game. So, I don't know. I, obviously, they want to get things in motion and... I understand why, but it's it's it was very sad. It was probably the saddest experience I've had in football because obviously Frank Lampard is not just my favourite footballer; he's probably my favourite human of all time. 
Um, so I never wanted him to go. As I've said, I believe on here before, I would have, I would have stuck with that man for, until the end of time. But you know, that's football. That's Chelsea, especially. Um, and I think Tuchel's a very good manager. Yeah, I, I think from a, from the club hierarchy point of view, you can see why that decision's been made. It's a fairly straightforward decision for them to make, given uh, their outlay in the summer. But Mike, looking back, how do you reflect on Lampard's reign as a whole? Do you feel like he's left the club in a better position than what he inherited it in? I think he's left the club in an excellent position and his work shouldn't go unnoticed. Because I think even though he hasn't had the success at the moment, in a few years, these players that he's brought through will uh, will hit their primes and they've got that games already under their belt. So he's put us in a very good position, I think, for many, many years going forward. And it unfortunately probably won't be him that reaps these rewards. It'll be maybe not even Tuchel. It might be the next manager with how the club tends to operate. But um, I think he's put us in a very good position. And he's and obviously it's sad that he's gone and everything, but um, he has left a lot of really happy memories like doing the double over Spurs last season. That was obviously like an amazing that scene at the end when he was there in front of the fans celebrating. Like moments like that were in, really incredible. Um, but yeah, I think I, I do think he has left the club in a really good way. And he's finally bridged the gap between the academy and the first team because obviously for years we've had this excellent academy that wins all the youth cups and things like that, but the players don't get a chance. He's made that change. And you'd like to think that any managers that come in from now on will keep that going because it's proven that it has got success behind it. And I think I read something that was saying Lampard played at least one academy graduate in every single game he managed. So that was like a pretty impressive thing to have on the on the on the you know on the for the club. And um, you'd you'd hope that Tuchel obviously looks set to come in. He's got a good reputation in the past with young players. He brought Pulisic through and uh, Dembele through uh, Dortmund. So you'd hope that he'll continue that and players like, I don't want to say Mount and James, for example, because I feel like they are established in that team, but maybe like a Gilmore will keep getting his chance and given those more opportunities that I, I personally feel he deserves a lot of. Yeah, I, and I think, you know, he's done a lot to secure kind of like the long-term medium to long-term success at the club, but maybe other managers hadn't. Obviously, you know, you saw with the likes of Conte and Sarri that they got silverware, but past the kind of two, three-year spell, left a lot of dead wood. Uh, you know, we're still seeing players round at the club at the minute who you're trying to shift from those managers' reins, and that's maybe something that Lampard failed to do, uh, getting rid of those players. But, you know, we're, we're not quite clear to, to that extent. As a, as the season goes, how are you thinking? How are you feeling? It's going so far, and where do you think you'll end up come the end of the season with your new manager? Um, I think it's very much up in the air because I I do personally think that Tuchel, if he, I say if he comes in, it looks pretty set that he's coming in. So I'll speak as if that's been done. For example, um, I think he is a good manager. He's got success everywhere he's been in the past. So I don't expect that to be any different. I think we do have an excellent squad. And I think if he can get certain players, especially like some of the new signings like Havertz and Werner firing at their best, then there's no reason we aren't up there as one of the best teams in the league. Um, It's a weird season, even though I don't know where we are. We're quite ninth, I think we are in the league, maybe, somewhere like that. So, you know, it's, it's not a good position but this season as I say is very strange and the points gaps constantly seem to be shifting so um, I wouldn't be too surprised if we were able to attain Champions League I'd like to hope that we can Um, but equally you know it relies on other teams dropping points and dropping form because obviously Man City have hit their really good form Liverpool are in a blip but they're still Liverpool they're excellent Leicester are doing really well and uh, Man United have somehow come out of nowhere and just running the league a muck. So, uh, yeah, it's, it, I think we could do all right in the rest of the season. I'd like to see, personally, as try and go on a bit of a Champions League run because that's always the one for me. I, I love the Champions League, but we never know. We'll have to see, won't we? Yeah. 
Obviously, Thomas Tuchel then, you know, as you said, not announced yet, but it's fully expected. The first game of his reign will be against ourselves, Wolves, on Wednesday. Uh, how, how do you see that starting? Whether the Tuchel will be managing or, you know, in the dugout or what, we're not sure yet. But how, how do you see that game going from a Chelsea point of view? Have you, are you confident in the squad to get a result? I'm a bit nervous for it. I think we often struggle against teams like Wolves, as shown last time, where obviously you won the reverse fixture. Um, and you've often performed very well against us since you've been back in the Premier League. I'll think of games like the one where it took a hazard, excellent long-range goal to steal us a one-all draw in that game. Um, but I don't think Tuchel or his team will be able to manage tomorrow because I, I believe he's not in the country yet because of obviously all the COVID regulations and everything. And it's up to the FA how soon you can join us. So I don't suspect they'll go on your first day, here's your team, meet everyone. By the way, in three hours, you've got a match. I imagine that Joe Edwards and Anthony Barry will probably take the game as they've been doing the, the training recently. So I think I think they'll probably be in charge of that. Obviously, neither of them, I don't believe, have managed anything above like youth-level football. So it'll be interesting to see how that goes. But you often see the post-manager bounce. But I don't think the squad was like anti-Lampard. I've shown from, if you go on social media, every player seems really to be flooding these passionate messages of love and support for Frank. So I don't think it'll be like a, thank God he's gone. Let's go out and show we're going to try now. Because I think we were trying. I think we were just struggling I think the main downside we were having was we seemed to lack the tactical awareness and uh, training. And I think there's a few, you know, athletic quotes, for example, so you never know how reliable they are, um, that have come out suggesting that a lot of the players were frustrated with how little tactical advice they were being given, both in training and then in-game. And I think that's a big reason we've gone for someone like Tuchel, who's a very tactical manager. He's very like, I don't want to say he's just because he's German, but like Klopp in that they have that tactical awareness. Uh, but obviously we won't have him for the game. So I don't know. I think it'll be an interesting one to watch, certainly. Cause, and obviously Wolves need a win. And uh, I think Wolves will be playing up. So who knows? It could go absolutely any way. Yeah, it could. I think, you know, two teams, we're not in particularly great form at all. Um, and obviously with the the situation at Chelsea at the minute, it could be a very interesting game, but it could also be a very, very boring nil-nil draw with two sides not willing to give much away. Harry, how do you see the game between Wolves and Chelsea going on Wednesday night then? Oh, I think it will be a Joe Edwards tactical masterclass. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, I can't see us getting anything. I think Chelsea will have the new manager bounce. Um, we are just in a horrendous bit of form. I know Chelsea aren't, well, are probably the second worst team in the league on current form ahead of us. Um, I just, you just don't feel like we're ever going to win a game playing this way or not a game against anyone half decent anyway. And as much as they're struggling, they are a good team. They won't play with zero midfielders, I assume, now. And, um, I mean, we said this last time we won, but I I can't see anything else but a relatively comfortable night for Chelsea, to be honest. Win, obviously, one of the main reasons Chelsea have supposedly looked to bring in a new German-speaking manager is to maximise the potential and ability of two of their biggest summer signings, Timo Werner and Kai Havertz. Do you see them causing us any uh, trouble on Wednesday? Because obviously in the in the previous game, Havertz played and was particularly invisible. Um, um, do you think he will show a new bounce under a new manager? Because we know they're talented, but I just haven't shown it yet. It's a possibility, but I think with a player like Werner, who is entirely dependent on his pace, and with the we're not likely to play a high line, are we? So I can't, I, I don't think we're the kind of team that he would do well against. Um, I don't, I don't really think, I don't rate him that highly. I know it's fashionable to say it now because he's in a bad run of form, but I thought it was quite a strange signing. Um, 
Havertz. I mean, obviously, he's a lot younger than Werner is, or a bit younger, I should say. He's got time on his side, but he hasn't done anything so far. So he needs a performance, especially under a new manager. <clears throat> I'm sure that they have... They're basically, one of the main reasons that they've bought Tuchel in is to make them two better because they've spent, what, £120 million on those two players and got zero value for money so far. So that will be... That, I'd assume that would be a big bit of his remit. Um, but I think... I think I'm more worried about other Chelsea players than them two in particular. Jake, if we are to beat Chelsea, how are we going to beat them? What tools are we? Get, what tools is Nuno going to uh, use to to break down this? I was going to say fragile Chelsea team, but it's a fragile Wolves team, so everything's going to break. Um, again, it's probably going to have to be getting the best out of our wingers. You saw Neto especially gave them a lot of trouble in the last game and we need him to kind of do the same again. We need to uh, learn how to defend again because otherwise we will give away way too many opportunities to a side that, you know, are or should be very good going forward with some of the players that they've got. Um, so I, I think realistically, we've just got to up our whole game, really. Um, there's no question about it that we've just not been good enough at all. So we need to um, start creating more. Yeah. Spot on. I, th- I think if Neto has a good game these days, we're, we're very likely to, to have a, a good game and potentially get something. Mount, from a Chelsea point of view, um, who are you worried about coming up against this Chelsea team? Um, like you say, I think Neto last time especially proved how dangerous he can be. Um, I think our defence on their day are excellent, but haven't particularly been on their day recently. So I, I think as much as what Wolves throw at us, it'll more so, I think, depend on how we defend against it because we have recently been defending really erratically and making some poor decisions, as you'll see in things like the game against Leicester, where like the, the Madison goal, where it was just James lost his man, Rudiger missed the ball and Madison's able to just stick it in the net. So if we make errors like that, I have no doubts that Wolves have the quality up front to make us pay for those errors with players like Neto. And uh, obviously, is, is, is Adama available? Yeah, he, he's... Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so like, again, I know, I know it's easy for anyone to say, oh, we're playing Wolves, you've got to worry about Adama's pace and power. But like, you do. That's why everyone says it. Yeah. Um, and he plays on the he plays down the right mainly, doesn't yeah. he? So it's against Chilwell, who likes to push high. So that's an area where you'd go, we could get caught out because both our fullbacks like to push up. And uh, obviously the pace of Wolves to cut in and break down those wings. As again, I keep saying, Neto showed exactly how dangerous that can be against us last time so he's he's definitely the one to watch as well for me yeah he's he's proved to be a very important player for us this season what the man what is your prediction for Chelsea versus Wolves on Wednesday night I know you think it's going to be the first goal scorer I think we will win I think we'll win 3-1 just I don't know. I'm going with it. 3-1 and I think the first goal scorer will be Tammy Abraham because I think he'll start over Werner or in a two with Werner especially after Patrick. What, Harry, your prediction for Chelsea Wolves? Uh, I'll say 2-0 Chelsea and I'll say Werner to score because wins jinxed it. <laughs> Win your prediction. Four 0 Chelsea Werner to score for exactly the same reasons. <laughs> right, and Jake, then round us out. Two uh, one Chelsea, and I'll say Mount. Mount. Yeah, right. Brilliant, Mount. Thank you very much for coming on this week. It's a very, I understand it's been a very emotional couple of days for you with uh, Frank's sudden departure. Um, but hopefully it's the start of a, a new era for you under Thomas Tuchel, who might well have been announced by the time this goes out. Uh, have you got a message for your new manager? Um, 
help us get hated by everyone again for being really good. I miss those. <laughs> there we go. Uh, Mount, thank you very much for coming on. Appreciate it as always. Um, fingers crossed we beat you. Uh, but obviously, you know, um, that's purely because I don't want to get relegated and nothing personal against Chelsea. Um, I'm purely personal. Just for <laughs> Cheers. Mount, thank you very much for coming on. And we'll speak to you very soon. Always my pleasure to be on the show. So next after Chelsea, we have got Crystal Palace on Saturday to three o'clock kickoff. And it's our first Saturday, three o'clock since the last home game at Molyneux before uh, the world ended. Um, <laughs> it's um, Palace, uh, a place and a point above us after 19 games when we're recording. And for me, it's a massive game for the rest of the season because we've beat them on twice already this season, once in the league and once in the FA Cup a couple of weeks ago. We have to beat Crystal Palace. Like There is no two ways about it now. We've got to start picking up these points because all of a sudden we're going to start playing Man City uh, and Liverpool again. And I think our, our, the end to our season, I think our last three games are pretty tough as well. I know we've got United... I think we've got Spurs and Everton as well. So we've got to get as many points as we can on the board. And I feel like Palace is a game that we can pick and choose to get three points from. Win, are you confident that we can beat Crystal Palace? Um, it's a tough one, isn't it? I mean, we've in both the games that we've played so far, I mean, like, it's been pretty easy. Like, I don't think there was a point in either of the two where I thought we weren't going to win that game because they're not very good and we played quite well in both of them. But, I mean, anything can happen with this Wolves team, can't it? They're very inconsistent. Um, they don't play the same from one game to the next. They haven't strung two performances together all season. Um, I think it depends how badly our confidence is dented against Chelsea, to be honest. I think if we take a proper battering which I'm not saying we will, but it could happen. Um, then we might be in trouble. But I think I would make a slight favourites. Jake, how do you see the game going? Obviously, Palace have got their their strengths. They've got their, their players and you know the likes of Zaha, um, who we all know is very dangerous. Eberechi Eze, uh, Eze uh, who they bought from QPR last summer, proved to be a very good addition. You know, they're a very solid... Premier League side and Roy Hodgson's got them well drilled um, how do you see it going based on our form and how you think we'll be able to break them down well on our form you'd, you'd fear the worst because I mean you know we, we don't look like winning a game of football at all but the good thing is that I don't think Palace ever really look that great either as that I think they're one of the most inconsistent sides in the Prem and for some reason so far this year um, we've had we've had the better of them twice. Well, early on in the season when we were looking fairly good, and then in the cup game they still offered very little. Um, obviously, they've just signed that striker Mateta. Um, I don't know loads about him, but I've seen that he scored a few goals in the Bundesliga. Quite young, and he's probably going to be a quite a good addition for them. So he uh, he could be uh, an interesting task to have to face for us. But I think it. I mean, it's a must-win game. We should win on paper, but I think with the way the form books are going, I think this game could go anyway because I think they're an impossible team to predict as well. If you catch them on the day where Eze and Zahara fire in, then they'll be incredibly hard to beat. But if you nullify them, then you're always in the game. Harry, apart from obviously winning the game, um, what is the most important thing? What what would be the most important thing for you to see uh, in, in the Palace game? Um, to give you, to fill you up with confidence again, what would you like to see apart from three points? Uh, probably a clean sheet and just general defensive solidity. Um, we just we just don't look like keeping a clean sheet at the moment. Okay, well, should I say against teams, uh, proper teams. Um, and we know after having watched Wolves over the past two seasons that whilst we don't exactly score loads, you can rely on us to keep a clean sheet or maybe only concede one in a game, which generally gets us points. But the way it's been going this year, it's been a bit of a struggle. And I think before we address our goal-scoring problems, which might have been addressed through the sign of 
Jose. Um, we need to get back to basics and just stop conceding silly goals. It's not it's not as if we're conceding great goals at the moment. You know what I mean? It's silly, preventable goals. Every single goal against the Albion should have been prevented. We should have won that game 2-0. When you, I mean, to be fair, those our goals were stupid. But if that's last season, we win that game 2-0. Um, and I think I think just a return to that defensive solidity, whilst it probably wouldn't excite the fans, it would get us, well, get some much-needed points under the belt and probably help us to just start a bit of a, almost a rebuild. Yeah, that that's key. Um, and when have you got anything else to add about, about this, this Palace game, really? Um, obviously, yeah, have you got anything else? We need to win quite badly. Yeah. It would also be quite nice just to have like you know nice three 0 win or something. But now I've said that it's going to be a uh, a nice three 0 Having three shots would be nice. Yeah, that's true. It's weird, isn't it? Because like against the Albion, we actually had a fair few shots. How many of them were great chances? Obviously, were, were fairly low, but then we created less against a worse team. It's very well, yeah. Against Albion, we were chasing the game for thirty five minutes and we didn't have a shot on target. Yeah. So. You can have all the shots you want. You can have a pop shot from your own box, but yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think I think against the Albion, we had the most shots all season in a game, but I think I think two of them were then Donker shots from like 30, 25, 30 yards out that weren't particularly near to going on target. Um, right then, Jake, what is your prediction for Crystal Palace, Wolves, and the first goal scorer? Um, I'm going to go for a one-one. With Neto scoring first. Harry, your prediction? I'll be positive and say 2 0 Wolves with William Jose scoring first. And win round us out then for the predictions for Palace. 1 0 Zaha. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> um... My thinking is I've got to start getting some points on this. Because I haven't, I don't think I've even got one yet, have I? What and that's predictions? I, yeah, I always predict Wolves to win, and we never do. So if I go the other way, then either I'll get points or we'll start winning. Okay, that's an interesting, uh, interesting thought process. But you know, fingers crossed it works because something's got to. In other news coming out of Nuno's press conference, he's just said uh, on the return of Johnny Otto. Uh, from his recovery from his ACL injury in the summer. He said Johnny's closer to return. Uh, he's been working with us. And uh, he says after that, a couple of weeks more, he'll be ready to go. So that is fantastic news. Obviously, we've missed Johnny so much since his injury in the Europa League last year. What? Yeah. He's, he's been out with an ACL for like five months yeah but Wolves don't tell us anything about injuries and it's just like yeah with a bit more work he could be available in a couple of weeks yeah. to be fair I, I was quite shocked to see him kicking a ball the other day I think he must have um, he must have reco- he must be recovering a bit quicker than Antis- the Spaniard was such a solid option for us at left back and obviously we had to strengthen in the summer with Marcel and I Nuri um, but I think if Johnny came back uh, I think his ability to play on the left and, and right side of defence would be a fantastic option for us. He is a very good footballer and there's no question that we've missed him. I think we'd have been all right if Marcel wasn't made of paper, but I just don't think Aitan Ori's good enough, to be honest, at the minute anyway. So I think I think all in all, we'll look a better team when Johnny is playing if he is as good as he was before, which hopefully he is. Yeah, fingers crossed he is. Right then, lads, that that is everything covered. So we can move on to your favourite part, my favourite part, the great Molyneux quiz. Now an update to the leaderboard last week, uh, this week, sorry, after last week's predictions, you all correctly predicted Wolves to beat Chorley. You know, you put your necks out on the line there and you all correctly earned yourself another point um, to your total. So Win is on 21. Harry has got 12 and Jake has got 10 points. So that's the leaderboard as we head into this week's quiz um if you've never listened to the quiz before there is three rounds a sudden death round uh, a who am i round and a general knowledge round and there is um 
uh, a point on offer to each person in each round. Right then, sudden death will go in the order of Win, Harry, and then Jake. Can you name the starting eleven and bench from Wolves's two-one victory over Liverpool at Anfield in 2017? Go, uh, Harry Burgoyne. Correct. Connor Coder. Correct. Andy Vyman. Correct. So that again, Win. I can't hear. I, I think he said Aldacosta. Yeah. Win saying Aldacosta, okay. his mic's gone. Steers. Correct. Steers. Uh, Matt Doherty. Correct. Matt Doherty is there. Oh, he's going to put it in the chat. Oh, Richard Stearman's already been said. I said it. There you go. Well, so, wins out. Well, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I think some technical difficulties have uh, ruined his chances there, but we've still got to play on. So, it's between Harry and Jake here. Harry, you're next. Who, who is it? Me? Yeah. Uh, Courtney House. Correct. Uh, George Savile. Correct. David Edwards. Correct. Uh, Lee Evans. Lee Evans is also correct. Back to you. This is a good one, this is. Did you say starting 11 and bench? Yeah. I think Danny Bath was on the bench. Correct, Danny Bath was on the bench. Big John Daddy Bodvarsson. Bodvarsson is correct, Jake. Well done. John Flatt. Incorrect, Harry. John oh, Flatt was not. Who on was the backup keeper? Andy Lonigan, who later went on to play. I thought him. he was injured. No, uh, I think he wasn't. Uh, injured, but he just didn't. He was just on the bench. No, uh, okay, um, so Jake, your next one to win. Has Noah Dicko been said? No, Dicko hasn't been said, but he is correct. So a point to Jake there. Ooh, correct. Um, Jake, I do believe. Is that the, is that your, the first time you've won that? <laughs> I've won that. I've won that one a couple of times. Oh, I think. It's, who, it's who am I? You've not won before. It's who I, that I don't do well on. Right there we go. Um, right next round of the quiz is who am I? I will read out a series of clues and I'll be the first one to buzz in uh, with their buzzer to get it right. Um, we'll get the point. If they buzz in and get it wrong, they can't have a, another guess until all of the other uh, participants have had a, at least a go. Um, Harry, have you got your buzzer? Uh, I have. Okay, that's from uh, Nuno's press conference with Joe Edwards last week. Jake, your buzzer. Um, well, my my app is still not working. So, so we'll just we will if the saxophone goes. It's, it's if the saxophone goes. Okay. And win yours. Of course, Bill and Nation. Right then, who am I? I was born in 1983 and began my career at PSV Eindhoven. I played for Heerenveen, then Ajax, where I scored 72 in 92, 76 in 92 games. I've played for my national team 76 times, scoring 42 goals. I've also played for Real Madrid. AC Milan and Schalke. I think Win just pipped Harry there. Go on then, Win. It is Klaas Jan Huntelaar, the Dutchman, who goes by the nickname of the Hunter, apparently, when I was doing my research. Found that out. So another point to Win. You got up to 22, um, stretching his lead now over Harry and Jake to 10 points. Um, right then. The last round is general knowledge. And it's absolutely pointless because no one ever gets your no, question. No, see, I've made, I've made this. So you might actually, this is based on knowledge and not just guessing. Okay. I will wow. read out, I will read out three national teams and I want you to tell me which one is the highest ranked according to FIFA's national teams rankings. Okay. Harry, I'll come to you first, Ben, as you've not had a point yet this round. Which of these countries is the highest? 
Austria, Poland, and Sweden? I don't think it's Sweden. Um, I'm going to go for Poland. Correct, Harry. It is Poland. They're in 90th. Come on. Sweden are 20th and Austria are 23rd. Win yours. Who is the highest out of Peru, Venezuela and Paraguay? Well, Peru got to the last World Cup and the other two didn't. So I'm going to say Peru. There you go. Correct. Another point for James Wynn. Good answer to that. Uh, and Jake, yours is who is highest out of Egypt, Scotland and Jamaica? Oh, uh, I'm going to say Egypt. It's incorrect. It's actually Jamaica. So Jamaica are ranked 47. Scotland are ranked 48 and Egypt are 49. So unlucky there, Jake. Uh, but that rounds up this week's quiz and this week's podcast. Lads, thank you all very much for this week. And I will see you all on next week's episode. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.